Novel Open Audio, the podcast that connects the Novel user community with what's going on inside and around the Novel universe. Welcome to Nobel Open Audio. I'm your host, Aaron Quill. And I'm Ron Terry. And today in the studio, we have Lars Marofsky-Bree. Lars, what do you do for us? Yes, it's a pleasure to be here today. I work as a project manager and architect for the Cinder Linux Highway Ability Extension. And that's actually why we asked you to sit down today. We are just getting ready to ship SUSE Linux Enterprise 11 Service Pack 1, and there's some new high availability extensions that are available. Can you tell us a little bit about those? So... The SUSE Linux Availability Extension has a couple of interesting features in Service Pack 1 all over the place with storage, cluster resource management, and graphical user interfaces that are new in Service Pack 1. So starting with the storage area, one very exciting feature is OCFS2, which we have been supporting for a couple of years now, but which has received some interesting new features in SP1, starting with performance upgrades and performance improvements that cause lower fragmentation and improve speeds this way, but also including features like RefLink, which are copy-on-write snapshots at the file system level that are very useful for managing virtual machines, either by cloning templates instantly, which already has plates been orchestrated integration as well, or also for taking consistent backups of your virtual machines while they are running. Oh, cool. So that's one of the things I know, being in the virtualization side, I get asked all the time, when we're going to be able to do linked clones or snapshots of the VMs, and now... This really gives us the quickest, easiest way and a very high yes. performance as well because it's at the file system level instead of having to be at the disk image or... Exactly. It's at the file system level. It's completely transparent to all applications which are using the file system. It's something that sets us apart from GFS2 or other competing file systems who cannot do this at all. And it's also very low granularity. So it's only one megabyte chunks that are copied out as soon as somebody starts writing to it. Wow, that yes. sounds really good. Well, what else do we have storage-wise? We also have other improvements in OCFS2. I just wanted to mention that we now do metadata checksums, which improve file system integrity. We also have improvements to the DRBD, the Distributed Replicated Block Device stack, where we now both have a new version with some speed improvements on resynchronization, but also with a much stronger cooperation with a partner here, where we can do much better support now. But also the CMIRROR-D, which is a storage area to storage area network replication technology, which typically is encountered in data centers and which can be very expensive if you purchase it from a hardware vendor. We break out of that login and also allow you to mix and match hardware vendors so you're no longer tied to one single vendor. So really what you're talking about here is if I've got two separate SANs, I can use the cluster stack to synchronize the data on those SANs instead of having to rely on expensive, generally, SAN-specific replication technology. Exactly. And that complements our DOBD story where we could do replication over the network and now we can also do it directly over the fiber channel. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, is there anything else in this relative to clustered storage? Well, mostly that covers the storage area fairly well. Obviously, there have been some small improvements with regard to bug fixes, but Nothing major feature-wise. Okay. Well, another thing that I've seen that's new in there relative to synchronization is we've got the new C-Sync 2 mm-hmm. engine. Tell us about that a little bit. The C-Sync 2 engine is a fairly low-level tool that allows administrators to keep configuration files in sync across several nodes. That tends to be an issue when you make a change on one node and you copy it to some of your nodes, but you forget the one node that is down and things like that. And this all makes this fully transparent. 
You can configure a list of files you want synchronized. Obviously, we populate it with a list of defaults. And then the cluster will make sure this happens, even though the files are not on shared storage, so they're replicated directly to the local storage. So it's basically like using rsync to synchronize between yes. uh, things, but not having to do every single server one at a time. You know, server one to server two, now server one to server three, and server one to... You can specify the list of files, say synchronize now, and it will synchronize out. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like an Uber rsync. Oh, that's very cool. What about supporting of Samba clustering? Yeah, that's a good point. So Samba clustering is now supported in SP1, allowing us not just to do active-passive Samba clusters, but active-active Samba clusters. So you can do failover or switchover between two Samba instances that are exporting the same OCFS2 file system without losing any of the file system logs. Oh, no, that is really cool as yeah. well, because basically it's the clustered trivial database exactly. that allows us to do this, right? So you don't lose any of your connections yes, exactly. when it fails over. Exactly, that's very exciting, and I'm surprised. Trivial database, it's anything but trivial. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> it's almost an oxymoron in yep. this case. What about cluster administration? What kind of improvements and tools do we have? Yes, we have some exciting new features there, starting with the command line interface that has received some major upgrades, so administrators tell us they love the command line interface. Oh, we do. Yes. <laughs> Exactly, with tab completion and now also allowing you to simulate changes to the cluster before applying them. So you then get graphical feedback of a transition graph of what a cluster would do in response to your change without actually applying it, so you can test drive it. You can not just test configuration changes, but also simulate node events like a node going down, a resource failing, things like that or even go back to an old state of the cluster. So at 3 a.m. in the morning while you were asleep, the cluster wasn't reacting quite right to some external event, and you can tell the cluster manager to reload that state and experiment with what you would have needed to change. Oh, that's very nice. So it helps you avoid causing exactly. problems in your implementation. Exactly. You can see exactly what's going I like that. Right. That's really cool. And we also have a new web console that allows you to quickly get a cluster state from any web browser, including your cell phone, and perform basic administration tasks like stopping or starting resources or nodes. So that's kind of the future that we're looking yep. for as, as far as administering the clusters, moving away from a fat administration client to more of a thin web-based client. Exactly. Thing. So this is also based on the WebYAS2 framework and will receive further upgrades. Oh, very good. Are there any of the YAS modules relative to mm -hmm. the clustering that, that we're going to be seeing? Yes. So starting with the YAS2 cluster module itself, which now can configure the CSYNC2 feature as well. And we also have a new YAST module for configuring the IP load balancer. So you can now build and easily build, I should say, because the base feature has been there all the time, a load balancing server farm, which improves both availability and performance. All right, that's really neat. And of course, when it comes to setting up and configuring your cluster, there's nothing like having good documentation. Exactly. So we have upgraded the product documentation considerably. It's now several hundred pages long. There's, basically, it covers all you need to know to configure a basic cluster with virtual machines or any other resources. But we also have a good cooperation with a friend from Holland who now provides a book describing how to set up virtualized Zen environments on top of our HA solution, which is also included on the media we hand out here. Oh, very nice. Now, speaking about virtualization, being able to manage virtualization in the cluster, are we doing anything with KVM virtual machines? Can we manage those yet now? Yes, of course. The cluster manager is totally agnostic regarding that. You can manage Zen or KVM resources just fine in the cluster. Very nice. Including like live migration, monitoring, it's all fully supported. Oh, very good, very good. And then again, that in conjunction with some of the RefLink and 
other things exactly. that we can do. We're starting to get a exactly. really cool solution that we can... Exactly. Another feature that is very important in this environment is a utilization-based placement and pacemaker. It allows you to specify that a node has a certain capacity associated with it and that some of your resources consume that capacity and the cluster will make sure that the node does not get overloaded. And you can tell the cluster that you want the resources concentrated so that it runs on as few nodes as possible so that the other nodes possibly can go to standby or to evenly spread out the load across a cluster. So basically they're saying that I can say each cluster node has 32 GB of memory and I've got this virtual machine that requires 4 GB and another virtual machine that requires 6 GB and another requires 2 GB. And as one of those virtual machines has spun up a node, that amount of memory is removed from the available memory that I've defined on that exactly. server. And now we can allocate those based on either combining them or equally distribute them. Exactly. That makes it a lot easier than having to figure out which resources should go where manually. Yes, that is really cool. Are we supporting any more as far as maximum number of nodes in the cluster? Yes, we increased the maximum node limit from 16 to 32 nodes in SP1. And we also improved the network resilience so that we can now do metropolitan area clusters with a distance of 20 to 30 kilometers, depending on network latency. Oh, so it's basically large stretch clusters that I can have different buildings exactly. sites across town exactly. that can fail over back and forth between right, sites. Right, so you can stretch your cluster across your campus or across a uh, city. And going forward, we will also add functionality to really support asynchronous replicated sites where we have one side in, say, Amsterdam and the other one in Tokyo. Oh, wow. That's, that's also coming in the future. That sounds cool. Now, kind of on the same vein of, of failover between sites, there's also another piece inside the, the HA extension as well, isn't there, for um, recovering from disaster? Yes, it's called relax and recover, and it's a statement what the administrator should do. If something goes wrong, they should relax and recover. It's a technology that allows an administrator to take a snapshot of a physical machine and recover it to the physical machine after some disaster and the hardware has burned down and you replace it and you reinstall it from that image. So this is even bare metal recovery, not it's just bare metal recovery, yes. That's nice. I know a lot of people, including myself, who would have loved to have had this <laughs> earlier on. Yes, it's very popular in particular with large data centers because it's very easily customized to fit into their environments. Good. So Lars, have you gotten much feedback uh, from customers here at BrainShare? Yes, I got a lot of positive feedback. They love the new features in particular, the raffling, the copy on write snapshots are very popular. And we keep hearing that we now seem to have a complete solution in particular combined with Plightspin Orchestrate to support fully virtualized environments and protect all the customer workloads there. Lars, thanks a lot for sitting down talking to Ron and I and telling us what's going to be in SLES SP1 on the high availability extensions. Yes, thank you for the chance to do that. Remember that Novell Open Audio is brought to you by Novell Incorporated. Most of our content is directed by our listener community. So please send us your feedback by email at openaudio at novell.com or by leaving comments on our website at novell.com slash openaudio. That's it for this time. Have a good one.